Howdy guys, back country and barbells, Joe Shamanic, Jeremy Day, train hunting and living. Um, we've had a couple interviews the last few weeks, but uh, just us two, man. It's uh, I can't say, I don't I don't feel lonely, Jeremy. It's good to just talk to you today, sir. <laughs> Thanks, I don't feel lonely either, <laughs> yeah. brother. Yeah, it's nice. No, but it's, it's been fun. I mean, we've had three releases um, uh, between uh, Talking Turkey with Chris, um, talking fitness with Dan and then, you know, just getting a once over on calls and elk tactics. And even I thought talking to Jason was cool. Just that tip he mentioned about, um, his wife getting into the, sh uh, hunting and like his perspective on it was like putting boundaries around it, but still including her. I thought that was some really cool insight. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, all, all three conversations was phenomenal and it's, you know, it's so fun interviewing people because a couple of those guys are pretty heavy into the industry and they are just class act dudes. I mean, just it's fun talking to people that are, are good spirited and good, wholesome people, you know. Yeah, you, you know, you end up finding that they're just uh, dudes. You know, I had to, when I got into like weightlifting heavy, I like had Instagram like people I thought were like Instagram famous and weightlifting famous. And then I would. I had a really cool opportunity at the time when I was living in South Carolina, a company, a fitness company or a barbell company called Muscle Driver was only 45 minutes away. And they had started this project where they had actually um, brought in a bunch of really high end weightlifters and sponsored them and built this team. And I had a chance to go up and train with them a few times. And you come to find out that these people aren't famous at all. They're just regular shy folks and whatever. And it just made me think it was just, it's, it's just interesting. Folks are folks, right? And it doesn't matter how many followers you have. Um, you know, some people are good. Some people are jerks. Some people suck. Some are great. Um, but you know, one good thing I do think that between this COVID situation and social media, like you can really shrink your world and get to know certain people. And you come to find out that, you know, people are generally people. Yeah, <laughs> and good people. Yeah, that's right. They're out there. You just got to find them like anything else. But um, but we're still in the, we're still in the midst of this COVID situation, and we were having a funny talk. Like <laughs> I'll say what I said to you right in the beginning. You said how you doing, and I'm like, well, you know, I'm just trying to keep the family from going freaking bankrupt from um, renting and streaming movies on the on the dang <laughs> Apple TV. <laughs> Golly, I come down the stairs. It's literally come right down the stairs Saturday morning we rented okay we did splurge last night and uh one cool thing is you notice like the bigger you know the bigger box office movies they're going directly to us they're not obviously no one's going to the theater so they had like the trolls world tour release last night and the kids really liked that movie so I was like yeah we'll splurge we'll do it and we did you know $20 rental but you know you do the math and we're like oh that would have been a lot cheaper than going to the movies it would have been 80 bucks there. Yeah, but then I come down the stairs this morning, and they're watching damn Dr. Doolittle. And I'm like, <laughs> one leads to another. And I was like, and here's the kicker about the Dr. Doolittle film. I took them to see that on a day off. So I'm like, they got us both ways. Uh, both ways to Sunday. Um, you know, there, there's not another orifice that they can pull money from for me for that damn Doctor Doolittle movie. They got it. <laughs> they got me everywhere. But uh, come on, man. I know every uh, we're. And I was talking about Jason. You know, I didn't realize it when we were when we were watching Project Run Runway. Runway. My wife was paying for those episodes. But uh, come on, I know I know you're you're just itching to spend money in your house, Jeremy. And I know there's some folks out there just blowing it on stupid stuff while they're stuck in their house. What, what are you What are you wasting funds on, brother? Well, I've uh, been wasting in them on cleaning up the yard, getting the yard dialed. So oh, okay. we've been buying. Uh, I bought one and a half yards of fish oil compost organic oh, okay so um so high-end grass feed to, to fertilize my garden <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that's my splurging man oh, okay a little, little... <laughs> i'm just trying to get the garden um area all dialed um, and um we're doing a bunch of we bought some trees and very cool um we're not big TV watchers. We did we did watch a movie last weekend with Titus. It was kind of same thing. It was a new release, and we thought, well, heck, you know, we spend fifteen bucks on this movie versus seventy when we go to the movie. So we just did popcorn and watched a a nice movie. Very cool. Yeah, I mean that's an option for you. Um, what we like I said talking with Jason and and those guys, which you guys should check out those episodes. Go back if you haven't. But now we've been we've been doing some game night and stuff too. But you know there is downtime that that can be filled with some of that. But uh, it makes you wonder, like, what were these guys doing? I've been also reading some books. 
about um you know about uh, native native indians and and stuff and old sioux tribes and even some comanche stuff and uh, you hear about these guys just spending long periods of time out in the prairie and what the heck were they doing by the dang campfires you know like you know we are looking for ways to fill our time and entertain ourselves but dang it you know we used to fill it by working and getting out and now we're finding it with uh filling it with um streaming and, and some of those things and yard work but what the heck happens when even that goes away? Because, you know, it, it, no one saw this coming. Well, the next thing to come would be, like, electricity and, and, and screens going away. I know, and if that ever happens, it will be all hell broken loose, man. Yeah, they, they, they do some things on the electricity going, and that would be a no bueno. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, I think they were probably just out there watching the kids play and looking at the skyline and just daydreaming a lot. Well, let me... Spill- let me talk to talk to you about kids playing, if you don't mind. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and these and these Comanche warrior kids. Do you know? Do you know what the day was like for an eight year old Comanche boy? No. Take a guess. Do you know what these kids used to do? Um, run around playing, shooting the bows and arrows, and throwing spears, and that's exactly right. Fighting. That's exactly right. They, in fact, there's a chapter in this book where they talk about this uh, one boy, uh, Quana, and they, they they use him as a backdrop to just kind of discuss what these boys were doing all day. Nothing. They had, they had um, the, the boys in particular, up till about 12, they were just kind of kept out of trouble, but they were given no supervision. They were told nothing to do. They were given, like, limited instruction on using their bow, and they were just out swimming playing and like torturing small game like that's it they just used to (laughs) you know they used to just shoot grasshoppers and and birds with their bows and and run around and get nuts it wasn't until about like 12 13 years old they would start to like teach them how to like break and ride horses and then after they learn how to break and ride horses is you know when when their balls drop and and puberty hits they they would send them on like a four-day vision quest and then after that it was about building your warrior resume and, and, and doing what you had to do. But, I mean, yeah, it was a hard life. But when you think about things like that and how what kind of a childhood that must have been like to just run around playing all day, um, using your imagination, things like that, you know, to some degree, you know, I do feel a little guilty um, letting the kids uh you know, stream some of these videos when I'm like, oh, man, I just I wish I could just give them free reign to just go get in trouble in the woods yeah absolutely we live in a society where though if you leave your children for you know you're not 20 feet away from them, people think they're neglected yeah so, and uh, it's it, it's crazy what we've created this society from that to now we have to have our kids have to have phones so we can track them wherever they go we they can't play out in the streets you know some of our friends they live out in subdivisions and they say there's no kids out in the cul-de-sac playing yeah they just don't I mean, it's really bizarre. Yeah, even we're pretty fortunate. You've seen our you've seen our setup here where we are. We're like tucked away, and we do have these little colder sacks and kind of green space um, common areas in front of our homes. And actually, to be honest, they're filled with kids most most of the time. Even even now, like there's a with this COVID thing, there's like a weird rotation. Like we all know that all the kids aren't supposed to be playing, but we know that the kids are supposed to be playing. So like, one group will be out. Then they'll go in, and the next group will go out, and then they'll be there. And then, like, if there's one group on one culture sack and one in the other, there'll be like a weird wave. Like, oh, I wish we could play together. You know, it's just, <laughs> yeah. you know. But I, to be honest, like we've been talking a lot about this, but one thing that we should say, um, and this will actually bring into the topic of the day, which which we want to get into. Um, uh, Washington's doing a pretty good job. You know, at the start of this a few weeks ago, we were like number one in the country with cases and tests, and then it was looking really scary. And deaths. But we have um, Washington is down. I think we're I think we're out of the top ten now, and, and uh, New York is far and away um, the the toughest spot. But you know, to some degree, I think compliance to Governor Easley's um, request to stay home, stay safe. I think it. It's working. I mean, um, we have, you know, to use a term that's been popularized lately, we've kind of, it seems like in Washington, at least, we've flattened that curve out a bit. 
Yeah, no, I 100% agree. I think uh, I don't agree with too much that Governor Inslee does, but I I 100% support him on this one. I think he did a great job. He got out in front of it pretty quick and made a tough decision about schools. And, um, you know, I have to say, you know, I, I was saying in the beginning, you're kind of damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. If it does work, everyone says, well, what was that for? And if you don't do it, you know, everyone gets sick. Everyone says, well, why didn't you do something? So in, in this case, right. he, he, made a, he made a tough call and, you know, it's working. And even extending it to, you know, canceling school for the rest of the year. Um, well, not really canceling it. I can give some insight into what at least we're doing from our district. But, you know, it's just interesting, you know, and um, this this little novel virus is, is, is wreaking havoc, but we seem to be at least um, uh, sh- shrinking its reach a bit here in Washington. Yeah, no, that's great. And, and and part of that is the responsibility of folks like you and I to listen to them. I know, like, you know, I, I can't, <laughs> I can't control my wife's spending habits regarding streaming, but like there, <laughs> there's been times where she's like, oh, we, we need, you know, I want to do this and can we go out and get that? And I'm like, well, you know what? That's really not essential. So we don't need to go out and we can put that on the list maybe for next time, but we're not going to do it now. So we have really limited going out and, and doing certain things. And when we do go out, we are putting the mask on for other folks and, and making sure things aren't crazy. So there is a responsibility. And I, we were talking before the show and a couple of times about, you know, hunting and, and getting a season in and maybe sneaking out across the border where there is federal land and doing some small game hunting. But, you know, based off of what we've read and seeing the results on Governor Lazy, we're, we're, we're both kind of of that conclusion that, you know, canceling our turkey hunt on our own is probably a smarter decision. Yeah, and it, it, it was a tough decision, right? Because selfishly, you want to get out there in the woods and, I haven't missed um, an opening weekend in, gosh, I don't know how many years, 23. So selfishly, I wanted to go and take my son on his first turkey hunt. But, yep. you know, at the last minute yesterday, I just is like reading articles. I thought, well, me personally, I, it's just it's probably not wise to do so because, I mean, we're going against an order, right? That stay at home, stay healthy deal. So. Yeah, because, well, we can tell what the thought was. Like, you know, the seasons have, you know, if you look, you know, people in Oregon are hunting, you know, they're they're getting after bear a little bit right now. And you can see if you follow some folks across the country are getting into some turkey. And, you know, our initial plan was to maybe, you know, sneak across the border and get a small game license and go hunt some federal land in uh, that's open still in Oregon. But, you know, push come to shove, you know, you, you have to look past your own selfishness a little bit to do that like even even something like wearing the mask like i can sit here and say i'm healthy i'm good i'm not sick i don't need to wear the mask to the grocery store i don't want to look stupid but if you look past yourself a couple ways you can realize it's actually pretty smart to do for example you know my wife works in a hospital you know she's only gone in one day she's only going in one day of the week she's doing a lot of her other stuff remotely but you know, what's to say that she doesn't pick up the thing and it's dormant in her for a couple of days and then I don't pass it. And then even if we're healthy and can fight it off, maybe in the grocery store, something that lingers by lingers from me doesn't get to somebody to pass it to somebody else. Cause, um, that's the real threat with this is, is the, the chain that gets it. So by, by getting past being selfish yourself, you know, you probably right now need to err on not doing stuff. And, and we've decided to do that with this turkey hunt. Yeah, and it was an extremely tough decision, and uh, hopefully, you know, we we maybe hopefully we'll get to hunt in April or May. <laughs> May, I mean, yeah. sorry, it'll just be a different opening weekend. You know what I mean? And yeah, exactly. And I'll let you put an asterisk by this one if you want to keep your year streak going. You're allowed to, you know. To do what? You can put an asterisk on it. You know, the same way like Mark McGuire doesn't he have a asterisk by his home run records i mean like, <laughs> yeah, yeah he might <laughs> yeah you're allowed to have an asterisk by your um by your uh turkey streak thing uh you know what i mean um and who knows i think i maybe they'll do something and extend it and you know for you know when we've gone out the last two seasons the turkey haven't been super abundant too so maybe this is a chance for them to catch their breath and get a break you know what i mean um who I'm really worked up for and to continue talking is guys like Jason, who, for example, had, you know, been waiting 10 years to get a tag. I'm interested to see 
for folks who have had high-end hunts or high-end tags or priority tags that they've put in for a long time, those sorts of hunts that have been canceled or been rescheduled, um, I'm super interested to see how different states handle that. I know that's going to be really interesting. I mean, every state is doing something different. I think Idaho, um, they canceled the spring bear hunt for out-of-state hunters. So they can't. And I think Utah did the same thing and possibly Nevada. I can't remember. But yeah, each and Alaska did too. Canceled so, it? it? Canceled it for out-of-state hunters. So if you're um, uh, a resident or non-resident, let's use that term, a non-resident hunter are not allowed to go into um, Idaho, Utah, and Nevada and Alaska. Huh. That's interesting. I mean, and, and so, but but we'll see what they do after the fact for people who have out of state things. I mean, because they canceled it, but what about folks who had those special tags? Like, you know what I mean? Um, they canceled it for those folks coming in, but do they, did, when they, did they, are they reimbursing those folks? Are they passing off their points for next year? Or are they saying that that tag that you drew this year that we had to cancel this year is good for next year? Is, any details on that? No, not that I've heard of. Okay. I mean, I think they're trying to still kind of get a grasp of everything else. I mean, they're in the midst of making tough decisions right now, right? So I'm yeah. canceling and then getting the the repercussions from that from local and out-of-state hunters. And I mean, how do you do it, right? Because you're on a lottery draw every year. So do they postpone next year's lottery draw? Yeah. I almost think they should. And then allow the people that hunted this year, that, that were awarded tags this year, to be able to use it next year. Um, that's the way I would, I would say would be fair because like Jason, I mean, waiting 10 years or some other guys that maybe waited longer, you know, you don't know. And it's, it's not fair for them for a virus to come in like this, take over, changing the whole dynamics of the whole world. And then, you know, you're kind of penalized. Yeah, that's right. No. And, and you are, you are, and you're, and you're, you're penalized for something that's completely out of your control, and sometimes that's just a tough pill to swallow. You know what I mean? And and again, maybe even going back to our thing, you just, I don't know. You can only really control what you can control either, right? So Yeah, exactly. I guess you have to have, I guess it's like even like when you lose a loved one, right? You got to have your mourning period, right? <laughs> and then you, <laughs> then you have to like have your little celebration, and then you have to get on with your business, right? So maybe... So I'll tell you a funny story. I had a great football coach um, in college. His name was Al Thomas, and he has since passed. And he was one of those old curmudgeon, been doing it his whole life, was a high school legend in Maryland, won a couple state championships, was full of piss and vinegar. He was the kind of guy that you just wanted to make happy because you knew if you didn't, it was it was it was it was fire and brimstone i mean he was he was a maniac um but he was also the kind of guy that would um you know he would make it a point to tell you he's like you know joey i'm getting on you because i care about you and know what you're good you know what you can do you really need to be worried when i'm not yelling like he'd have that conversation with you and there were some cool moments where um where I would always like to get to meetings early, like really early. For one, he, for one, one time I got to a meeting like ninety minutes early, and guess who was sitting in the damn office? Al Thomas was already there. And during those times, like you would have like cool conversations with him, and I used to like to talk to him about how it was. And one time we got onto a conversation about a state championship he had lost, and it was a raw deal that he had gotten. And he goes, you know, some things you just ain't going to get over, Joey. And I'm like, okay, like, tell me an example. And he tells about the state championship. And I'm like, well, what the heck did you do? And he goes, I'll tell you what we did. The next week, I got a van. I rounded up my staff. And we got a couple cases of beer. And we got, we drove back to the field. We got all drunk. We walked out to the field. And we all took a piss on it. <laughs> And then I told all the staff, if you ain't over it now, you ain't never going to get over it. And he walked off. <laughs> so, you know, that's it. Like, some, you, if you got to do something, do it. You know, if if that means taking a sledgehammer to something, go for it. Like, but find a way to grieve and get over it if that's what you have to do. Right. And we all grieve differently. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it's just that mental, you know, you got to just keep that positive mental attitude throughout and, 
I, I think, I mean, what do you think? Do you steady the course? Do you keep training? Do you keep, yeah. you know? Got to. Why not? Yeah. Okay. So, so now all of a sudden I would say my off season's longer. So that's a, that's an opportunity to get better for next year. I think the worst thing you could do is, you know, like let's say your grieving process has to be short and sweet. Like Al and his boys took a night off of coaching. You know, they took a weekend off, got hammered, and did what they had to do, right? Yeah. You know, guys, you know, they blew off some steam. But, you know, you can't let that steam blowing off become alcoholism, right? You can't let that blown off steam throw you in jail so you miss a season. So so get back to it. You know, the best you can do is if it can be productive, go for it. Like even yesterday, like I still went and shot my bow yesterday and had a great day on the range. Um, the best day I've had on the range ever. And that seems to be happening right now, which is really cool, thinking about training for turkey hunting. So in my mind, it's like, okay, I might as well train hard and develop some things so when the seasons do get released, I can hit the ground running. So I don't know, maybe you pack your bag, maybe you go through your gear, maybe you develop your shot process, maybe you're hiking, but you know, find something productive to do if your seasons have been canceled is, you know, that would get you ready for when seasons are open. It's probably the best you can do. No, I 100% agree because when maybe they release it, um, you know, they cancel the season, right? And then they say on the 20th, oh, we're reopening it. And if you had changed your mind to being lazy and going back to your old habits or whatever, if they're bad habits, I don't know. But um, then it's a little harder to get back in the groove and then be properly prepared when you go out to battle, right? 100%. And then if you're not practicing your shot, you're not doing these things, I mean – then you're going to be wounding animals. You're not going to be, I mean, and then at that point you're like, Oh, I'm already, you know, psychologically you throw yourself off and then you just, you, you give up. You're in the dumps. You don't want to be there. <laughs> no. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I'm still shooting. I'm still, I'm acting like we're turkey hunting on the 15th, even though I know we're not, but I'm going to still act like it and then just push through. And then if it doesn't happen, it's, oh, well, at least I've sharpened my tools a little bit more. Yeah. And I'm going to be prepared for, maybe I'm going to focus. Now I didn't get to take my week off for turkey hunting, but now maybe I'll take a week off for spring or, yes, um, fall bear, which I normally don't do. Yeah, who knows? Maybe fall bear is a bigger, better season now. Right. I mean, and, and, and you get into them more. Right. So, but you have to be ready. And I'll tell you, you never know when lightning will strike and you do have that moment. You know, it could be that one rep. It could be that one thing for me on the range. You know, I was hitting, um, you know, we've been laughing. I've been losing knocks. I officially now I'm down to three arrows, um, with three good knocks on them. And I'm hoping is, is Sportco considered, um, an essential store? Uh, in my opinion, yes. Yeah. I, I, no, <laughs> well, I wonder. No, I just wonder if they are because you know they do have some grocery in there. They, you know, I'd imagine some of their gear is important in terms of firearms and and other stuff. I just I haven't. I need to. I need to. One of us needs to text and and talk to Ryan or at least just look into seeing if they're open because um, I'm down. <laughs> I'm down to three knocks because uh, I keep I keep uh, clipping arrows in my group. I. I um I stacked a I stacked a group yesterday at sixty yards that blew a knockoff and I was pretty pumped about that and uh you know it cost me you know, it cost me a knock and I'm down to three arrows shooting sets of three right now until I get out there and get a new get a couple new arrows but that was a pretty cool moment for me and that happened on you know I could have been ho humming it and eating ice cream and and and, and streaming movies with the wife but no I decided to go out and get to the range and and do some things and um. Um, and that, that moment came because you just take a step forward. Um, and, and that was pretty fired up. Yeah, that's cool. I know I, I always buy way extra knocks because I, I go through them left and right. And it's so frustrating, especially when you hit a knock and then you ruin your arrow and then you take a big chunk out of your arrow and man, I get so pissed off. Well, but, you know, that's, cause those things are expensive. I mean, that's 12 bucks an arrow. Yeah. And, but I, I was pretty, I'm shooting, uh, I shoot the, um, is it victory archery we shoot yeah yes victory um this shows how much i know but i go to that four that four millimeter diameter arrow it's really in that real heavy spinal line that they do um i've blown off uh three knocks but uh i don't 
I haven't, it hasn't messed with the arrow yet. So in the, in that regard, whether it's the thinner diameter or it's that, that, that strong spine that they're promoting in those arrows, I mean, they're holding in there. Um, even though we're, you know, I'm, I'm stacking them up, which is pretty cool. That is awesome, man. It's, a, it's a, nothing, but a, it's a good feeling to know that you're shooting that sharp. Well, and the thing for me, and I've talked, and it's, it's, oh, go ahead. No, you finish. Who are you going to say? And, and it's good for me too. So when we're at your hunting partners, right? When you're out in the woods and you know your guy is a good shooter, then um, <laughs> you can put him it, on. It right. brings brings in a little more confidence, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, good. I hope so. I hope, and you'll find out real quick if I'm just talking shit. But um, now, no, well, it's it's going to be that under pressure. That's where it all comes down to, right? It's like you're. That's a completely when different you're caught thing. in the moment. The bull's bugling. He's right up on you. He's pissing all over himself, and you're doing the same. And then it all the truth well if if i react the same way to a branch antler bull the same way i reacted to um an itty bitty doe being eight feet from me i'm in trouble i'll just say that i gotta (laughs) i gotta (laughs) holy shit i gotta dial in that process but what i'll tell you again going back to uh this initial thing where just keep training you never know when you're gonna find light and i've really finally dialed into an anchoring and peep acquisition process that I think is super consistent, super steady, and will help me alleviate some of that anxiety. I mean, I really think that you just have to have a process. Like, um, there's some, I think there's some commonalities between weightlifting and archery in the sense that they're a similar sport where game day, the process is the same regardless of if you're in game day or you're in practice, you're still going to grip the barbell the same way. You're still executing the same thing. And yeah, in, in the field, you might, you're not going to be on a flat spot or there might be some things there, but you still have to have your process. And to me, that anchor and peep acquisition should still be the same. And there's some things about it that I'm bringing into the range that I'll definitely take into the field that have been really helpful. Um, and I'll, uh, for those of you guys who have been following the show a little bit, you know that I've done a lot of my archery education through just through YouTube, following a guy named uh, John Dudley, and I would I would recommend checking it out. It's a school of knock business, but he even put out a really cool Instagram post a few weeks ago where he kind of in one picture kind of encapsulated what I think is a good way to get into a shot process that's been really helpful to me, and, and it's just establishing that anchor, um, and it's done a lot. It's done a lot to it's done a lot to lessen my eye fatigue that I get when I shoot because now I'm finding the anchor and I'm finding my peep without a lot of effort. Yeah, you know Vince Lombardi, um, and everybody knows who he is um, with the Green Bay Packers. He had al- he always said that um, practice is eighty percent toughness and twenty percent mental. And what he meant by that is, you know, repetition, 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 sure. just keep doing it. If you talk to his um, players, they'd get so sick of playing, doing the same play over and over again. But then he would go on to say that in a in a game, it's 80% mental and 20% toughness. So those repetitions that you're doing all the time from at 80% of the time now turn into the 20% factor because it's just embedded in your brain. It's, you, you know what motions you need to go through. Like you're talking about with that eye fatigue. Cause the execution's automatic, automatic. Yeah. So when you're at game day or when you're out in the field and you're ready, you, you know, that bull comes in and now it, now it's a, it's a mental game. It's how are you going to prepare mentally? And I think in the off season, it's, I mean, I've, I think we've talked about in earlier podcasts is that I'll watch hunting videos and I'll try to find the elk, you know, when they put the camera up and then I'm trying to spot them before, before everybody else, right? That's the game in my head. And then I watch them come over and I'm just mentally picturing what I'm going to do with my shot process, everything as I am the hunter. And, you know, I'm not even watching the shooter. I'm watching the elk and seeing and playing the game inside my head. Yeah, and 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 what's cool about doing something like that is like you can you can streamline that process as you go, so then it becomes automatic. So, for instance, like even just to go back into 
um, that shooting process that I'm getting into, it used to be like, okay, I got to make sure my knuckles are in the right spot on my chin. Then I got to make sure my nose is on the string and then I got to find the peep and then I got to go, you know, bubble pin, uh, target, things like that. And then going back to what John had posted, he, he posted a really cool picture where he was at full draw and he had four, he had the number four, the number three, the number two, the number one, and by the number four was um, his knuckle anchored on his uh, uh, on his uh, jawline. The number three was the string on his uh, bottom lip. Number two was the string on the peep of his nose, and the number one was uh, by his peep, or that was his eyes getting it so what 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 that post had done for me was rather than think about all the parts in a in a micro sense where my knuckles had to be on my jawline it got me to a point where I could count four three two one shoot and that is really exciting for me because it's kind of gotten me into a place where I can think less about it and just do it and I'm really excited where it can just be draw and go does that make sense and 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 that that was pretty exciting for me to actually execute on the range and i really think being able to take a process that's been like uh feet hand target shoulder uh anchor peep you know and to be able to streamline that process to counting to four um has been really exciting for me especially when it you know turns into a group at 60 yards yeah, no, that's awesome, and I think that's a phenomenal idea because, like you said, that it's the one, two, three, four, or four, Go. three, two, one. You're you're counting it out, and yep. it. What I think is fascinating about shooting or anything is how many steps. And, and let's go with the archery shooting because that's what we're talking about. But you have, you might have a five second window to shoot that elk. Yeah. And you have to think of all those points. I mean, you just named off like eight of them. There's, I think there's 10 main um, points or positions when you shoot. So if you had to sit there and think of all 10, you're, I mean, it, it, it's game over. You're not going to have that. You're, you're no. not going to uh, have a proper shot on an elk. So out there practicing every day, and like you said, you get the feet, the shoulders, the body, you get everything that squared up, and then you narrow into, once you get that all dialed in, then you narrow into what you're on your second phase with um, all the anchor points. I think mean, that's, that's a phenomenal idea. Yeah, but but that's the thing too. Like I also would say you shouldn't rush your process. Like your process should be what it is to have a comfortable shot right now. And if that means you have to think about your feet, your hand, your shoulder position, saying stop, coming to draw, then going through your anchor process, then pulling through. Like if that's what it is to get a good shot, then that's what it is. But if you want it to be more streamlined where you can go four, three, two, one, then if you want it to be to the point where someone like you, because I've seen you go through it, like you're you're stacked up and shooting in a matter of two to three seconds. I mean that first that first cow I saw you kill, um uh, you know, three years ago was crazy. We were all walking together up a hill and all of a sudden, you know, we were, you put your hand in the air and said, stop. And then within three seconds, um, you know, you were going, I can't believe that just happened. And you had shot a fucking cow. And I was like, what is that? And, and I remember, I literally remember thinking, is that, that's hunting? Uh, I don't, I can't even get my bow up that quick. You're, you know what I mean? So, but but you've been doing it, like you said, for twenty three years, and there's certain things in in your situation that's there. You know, you have to discover your process on your own, and you're only going to do that with timely practice. And uh, I I think you just have to put yourself through it. You know what I mean? And I think at this time when hunts are getting canceled and you have more time at home, yeah, maybe you can't get to the range, but you know why can't you knock an arrow? And in your garage and go through your shot process and let it down a couple times a day. You know what I mean? Those reps will add up because you never know when that one rep's going to happen. I could have blown off going to the range the other day, but I woke up, I did a couple things and, you know, I'm cruising Instagram and I saw John's post of him doing that 4321. I said, holy shit, that makes a lot of sense. And I can't see the peep. Maybe I can't see the peep because I'm not anchoring correctly and I think and I am and I went through that process and it's been really helpful so 
I don't know, man. Uh, be active. If you're canceling stuff and not getting active the way you want to, you have to find a way to just be active and be productive. Yeah, absolutely. And there's no, I mean, honestly, there's no excuse. Not you, not now. <laughs> and, and, and no, no matter where you live. I mean, and even otherwise, I mean, it's just, it, it, it really always buries down to time management. Sure. And how you, how, how you manage your time. I mean, People will sit there and spend, you know, you look at your phone and I don't know what it, what's it called, but where it gives you how much you've walked, looked at. Gives you a little update app. for your day, for your yeah, week. Yeah, your daily update on um, your activity Screen on your time. phone. And if, you, and if you look at it and you're like, and you have longer than 10, 15 minutes and you're not doing anything during the day. Well, man, because I know that a lot of guys spend about an hour and two hours on that phone and you just. Maybe spend 10, 15 minutes, push through it, and then spend that other hour doing your preparation. Yeah, you have to come up with a mechanism, you know what I mean, to um, to not spend all your day in front of a screen doing whatever. You have to get out and do stuff, you know what I mean? So, um, like I said, if you're interested in shooting, shoot, find a way. If you can't shoot because you're in the burbs like I am, like I've done it, you know, I have a, I have a... I have a box target that I keep in the garage, and if you see some of the training videos I clip, you see it's right there. But I don't shoot in the house anymore um, just because uh, it's just not the safest option. Uh, plus, everybody's here, and I can't control what everybody's doing, and my kids are crazy, and I don't need them slipping in the garage when I'm pounding darts. But what I will do is I'll stand in front of that target, um, and I will draw the bow and let it down. You know what I mean? And, and there's a lot of even strengthening your shoulder and developing your shot process. And even if you don't feel comfortable doing that, there's some interesting things you can do. Like when, when I got NASPY certified last year uh, for that, or NASP certified last year, you can make you can make a little string bow that can help you get into your shot process. And just feeling that good anchor is, is great. And, um, you know, there, there's all kinds of stuff you can do. And even if you don't want to go through your shot process, maybe you can tune your bow, you can clean your bow, um, you can get into certain things. So just be active, man. Do something that's going to make you better for the hunt when it finally is opened up because eventually there's going to be hunting. You know what I mean? Whether whether we fall into the electricity's gone apocalypse or they open the season, um, you're going to get your opportunity to hunt again. So you need to be ready to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And and don't give up. I mean, that's it. just as quick as this virus came, it can leave and the hunting season might be open for, you know, spring bear and and turkey. That's right. You might only get one or two weeks at the end of it and it might be crowded out there. But then, you know, you just got to, you know, even think about that as if you do get out there and everybody else is. What are your tactics? How are you going to yeah. outsmart your the other hunters? How are you going to be the one coming up with that? success rate well, i tell you what we're gonna do i'm decided it for us we're gonna go to the deepest darkest place we can <laughs> I, li I like it brother <laughs> yeah because i, I just want to do it i just want to go because you know we do the sequality trail by our house and you know my wife's kind of hung up and all these state parks being closed i'm going too far and you know and she wants to keep things close and whatnot and she's right to do that but when we get to go ahead i want to i want i just want to take a 15 mile walkabout <laughs> Well, where we're going turkey hunting in Oregon, we're going to go down into a canyon that is pretty gnarly. Good. I keep telling That's where all the birds are held up, so. Nice. Like, even the other day, I went up down the Sequoia Trail, and, and instead of, you know, it's it's a mile and a half down to the sound, and it's a mile and a half back up, and it's a slow grade up, and it, if you run it hard, it's pretty good, but. I had to, the other day I broke the rules and I went up the switchback trail and I just started running around the golf course um, and I wasn't supposed to be on there and I saw a worker and he just kind of waved at me and um, it's actually funny because I was actually shed hunting in on the golf course and it was fun to do and there, nice. there's a ton of, there's a ton of deer there and I found a bunch of bedding areas so I was like, huh, what if I find a shed? Did not, but it was something to do. Um, but yeah, it's, it's gotta be active. You gotta do hard, but I want to, I want to do, I, I want to do a hard fucking hike. That's what I want to do. <laughs> like, well, we can do, yeah. yeah, there's, there's plenty of opportunity for that, for where we're going. Good. So, and then, uh, we can make it as nasty as we want it to. That's it. Well, and speaking of bird, which is cool, is um, you know, I've been saving, I've been saving the bird that you've helped me notch uh, that that tag last year um, for 
I've been looking for the right occasion, and as as the season's been rolling around, I thought Easter was a great day to smoke that turkey. So um, for the uh, for the first time, I got the family all excited. We're gonna we're gonna consume a critter that I harvested. Uh, with your help, of course, but I'm excited to do it. Now, I know you haven't, you usually just breast out the bird. Um, for my first one, we, we did the heart and liver already. We did that right in camp, and that was pretty good. But uh, I'm, I'm smoking. I, I broke the bird into parts, but um, I'm going to smoke the whole thing. Um, nice. So what I'm going to smoke it in. Uh, well, when the kids had their auction, I bought a little, um, I brought a little tailgate Traeger. Uh, nice. So that was cool. So I've been getting used to the Traeger, and I've been getting used to using it, and I love it. It's awesome. I actually smoked a chuck roast. Um, I've done some burgers and hot dogs. I did, I've done some chicken. I've done some steaks. But this is it. This is like my first test if I can do it. So I've, I actually have the turkey sitting in a brine right now, and um, it's going to sit in the brine overnight, and then it's going to be uh, I'm going to smoke it all day for Easter Sunday. I'm fired up. Man, that's cool. That'll be a lot of fun. You ever have you ever brined a bird before? I've never brined a bird. Well, yeah, because I usually when I get the turkeys, I always um, I always smoke the breast and the and the legs. Okay, that's usually how I cook it. Yeah. So, you, but you'll brine it before you smoke it. Yeah, I'll throw it in a brine for twenty four hours and then I'll smoke it. What do you normally put in your brine? Um. So I'll do um, a little bit of salt. Here, let me think about this. Um. I'll put in salt, a little bit of teriyaki, a little bit of Yoshida's, and um, well, you do like and a then just, Asian and, and then water. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, and I don't put a whole lot of that in there. Yeah. I'm, but I, I mean, just enough, just a little bit to flavor it up. But that's that's usually what I do, and then I'll let it sit in there for 24 hours, and then um, what I'll do is I'll put it in the fridge for. 14 hours and then I take it out for the other 10 hours and let it get to room temperature and then I throw it in. Oh, that's a good idea. So I just, I have mine in a cooler right now, but um with my brine, I just did a I did a classic brine that I picked up um from the meat eater uh fish and game cookbook, which is a pretty rad cookbook. Um what what he did with that cookbook was rather than like give you like a turkey recipe or a elk recipe, he's like, "Look, man, Big game and small game, all these animals are the same. Like you shouldn't, you don't need an elk recipe. What you need to do is learn how to handle meat, and it's it's a pretty cool resource. So uh, the brine in this cookbook is pretty classic. It's a, a gallon of water, a cup of kosher salt, cup of brown sugar, some bay leaves, and some um, peppercorns. Uh, bring to a boil, let cool, and then you just throw the bird in there overnight um, and let it chill, and then, then you break it out and smoke it. But I'm also going to rub it down. Before I throw it on the smoker, I'm going to rub it down. I'm going to do like a barbecue smoke, so I'll rub it down with a with a barbecue rub. Um, that'll be kind of like yeah, like a chili rub, uh, a little bit more brown sugar, and then I'll just baste it with some watered-down uh, watered um barbecue sauce that i'll put together so i'm fired up for it man that's cool i think i think it'll be cool and it'll be a cool moment my wife's my wife's really excited my wife's like is it gonna taste good and i'm like hell yeah i was like you like that elk don't you that's <laughs> when you say you notice <laughs> yeah that's right so um but i'm excited man so i think you yeah, have I did, I did something uh, for the first time here well it's the second time i've done it the first time didn't really work out but i made my elk jerky oh cool what'd you do how'd you do your jerky so I put in the Yoshida's teriyaki sauce and Worcester sauce and a shitload of black pepper and then a little bit of cayenne. And then I, and I did the same thing. I put it in that for 24 hours, 14 in the fridge, 10 um, outside. And then I threw it in the um, – I didn't throw it in the smoker. I also used the liquid smoke. Uh, okay, cool. And then I threw it in the dehydrator because I talked to – my um the guy that always processes is our elk and um he said yeah the best way to do it is just put it in the food dehydrator for jerky just because the traeger doesn't get it down low enough for the temperature and and it can kind of anyway so he said to go that route so i tried it and man i outdid myself dude okay it, it turned out really good the only the only bummer is and if anybody has any pointers please shoot us an email but it's a little tough to eat, you know, you, but, hmm. and I, and I went against the grains and I did all that stuff, but it's still kind of tough to eat, but 
Yeah, but you oh, know, dude. you know what I tell people when when they tell me the elk is a little tough. They're like, you know, people say stuff like that to me, and they'll be like, you know, this elk it tastes good, but it is a little tougher. It is a little chewier. And I said, you know why? I was like, because that animal was tougher. That animal, <laughs> That's right. that animal lived a hard life. He was stomping up and down mountains. When he was off, he was fighting other elk. He was a wild animal. It is. I was like, it's tougher, so you can chew on it longer and savor it better. All right? <laughs> Enjoy it. You, you know what I mean? So it's tough because it is tough, brother. How about that? No, but- <laughs> man, I agree. <laughs> so, that, that makes perfect sense yeah. to me. I'm I'm. I'm- smoking i'm smelling what you're smoking <laughs> so but um <laughs> no it, it's cool so get excited about stuff try new things with the food that you have you know what i mean and um you know if, if you're so bogged down on the hunting situation and can't do it you know you know you just have to have a mechanism to get over it quicker and if that's blown off steam if if that's drinking a quart of bourbon if that's if that's chopping firewood if that's you know developing a better shot process you know you ha- you have to find a way to do it and get over it you know what i mean just as long as yeah as long as it doesn't hurt other people you know get out there and, and make it <laughs> that's you know, right get out there and, and make it happen you know what i mean try not to try not to break any you know don't be like my football coach and break and entering somewhere because uh, you know if they got caught doing that that'd have been a bit of a scandal but they got through yeah that was a, was a whole bit <laughs> different ball game last in those times right yeah that's right but you know yeah. you got to get over it and you got to get on with it. You know what I mean. But it doesn't say you can't mourn the issue. Um, but I the the last thing on this is to see what 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 you know um, game and wildlife agencies do with folks who did get a tag and then they don't get a tag. I I think the people who are in a really good spot are the agencies that you know they haven't they've they've had to close a season but didn't. Um, haven't rewarded tags yet right because they can just say i will carry it over to the next year you know what i mean so yeah exactly they're in a good spot but um you're in a really good spot yeah so well, up well or- um sport co is open okay cool it's closed easter and monday but um and the hours are only 10 to 5 so they're reduced hours okay so reduced hours but i can okay so i got ryan's number i'll just text him and see when he's there i know he's generally off on certain days and and whatnot but um you know and honestly i'm probably i did have that dry fire last year um and i (laughs) and i don't have a backup string so i'll probably end up getting um a half dozen new arrows and putting a new string on the bow and 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 some stuff so i probably should do that sooner rather than later so i'm ready for elk yeah you better do it before everybody else does because in july june july it's going to get it crazy ugly well he's he he already said he's been pretty packed i actually texted him i texted him before i texted him before the um before the lockdown and i just for some reason assumed it wouldn't be open but thinking about it through this podcast i was like huh that place actually should be open you know if home depot and lowe's are open sportco should be open people need their firearms people need in well they did the the most sales ever um in history, I think it was in um, in March. Oh, for firearms across the country? Yeah, across the country. <laughs> well, <laughs> I I won't lie to you. Um, I don't own a firearm, um, but I am getting more and more curious about them as things like this will become the norm. I mean, you know, and, and honestly, I'll tell you what I'm more. I'll tell you where I'm also curious about a firearm is having um, something to protect me from bear. I mean, I have this itch to go deeper into the woods and to, to explore other, other areas. And it seems to me like it would make sense to have something like that. Um, bear spray probably put out a bigger, bigger thing and protect you, but I don't know, man. Having, well, a, they having say a sidearm looks cool too. Bear I ain't gonna lie spray to you. is 94% effective and a gun is 57% effective. If I remember right. Yeah. But don't you look cooler? Like, like, look, I ain't gonna lie to you. I was watching, you know, Phelps was on, and I watched his uh, Phelps. Yeah, I watched his September Mania, but then he also put out another video with um, Ryan Lampers. And if you guys don't know who Ryan Lampers is, uh, I would say if I had to pick a, to be honest, I've never am more jealous of a hunter than this guy. He, he this Wyoming bull that um, he is chasing in this video is awesome, and he goes fifteen miles in to get it, but. The guy who's calling for him has 
a bear spray canister under his bino harness and Lampers has a sidearm under his. And I can tell you right now who looks a lot tougher and cooler. (laughs) (laughs) And who wouldn't want John Wayne as a bear, right? I mean, come on now. There's some vanity. Yeah. There's some vanity in this. Don't, you know, we all like the gear and um, there's some cool factors to certain things, but you know, you know, if I'm going to go that route, I'm going to have to train it and use it. But, um, uh, but it's all it's all in good fun. It's all cool stuff. So you know, if you do, you know, and that's the thing too, because my wife's paying for all these movies. I had to go to the YouTube to start watching what I want. So you know, there are some cool guys putting out some cool stuff. In fact, Lampers this morning before we jumped on the podcast, um, follow your Instagram live streams because there is a useful thing there. Uh, Lampers had a really cool Q and A with another hunter, and they were talking about gear and certain things. And um, you know, they're pretty responsive to certain questions. And then. Um, in fact, on Thursday, I also jumped on a webinar that Jason Phelps held with uh, uh, Elknut, Paul. Paul Mendelin. Did I say his last name right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, but it was cool to have those guys talk about different setups and uh, different things that they do with calls and certain things. So, you know, uh, follow your hunters, man. They're they're all trying to do certain things to help you out, and there's a lot of opportunities to get ready for next season if, if, if you're um, – if you're willing to look for it and do it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, cool. I know. There's, there's great stuff. And, and Ryan Lampers, he's got a bunch of cool stuff going on. I mean, him and that the Stealthy Hunter, him and his wife doing that. I mean, if you ever get on that website, it's pretty phenomenal of all the um, good articles they have. His wife wrote an article on keeping your gut strong. It's a 30-day program. I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff on there. They have a bunch of recipes. I mean, they really have something going on that's it's pretty slick. Yeah, they're pretty legit, and you know, he's one of those guys too. I, he had a couple camps that were supposed to go down in the summer, and I wonder if they're still going to go down. I don't know what the situation in Montana's like, but um, you know, there's stuff out there, guys. You know, uh, do your research, do your training, um, be active. You know, mourn your losses, um, and 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 get after. Don't give it. up. No, you can't. 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 That's it. Well, cool, man. Uh, so, Jeremy, um, we got another one. I think this will be. Oh, man, we're we're getting we're getting deep with the, with our episode releases. Um, this will be this will be episode sixty. Hope you guys find it find it useful. Um, and, and there's something in here to get you train training, hunting, and living uh, your best life possible. I know talking with you, Jeremy, always keeps me in good spirits. So, thank you, sir, for joining me yet again. Oh, no problem, man. And ditto, my friend. And God bless America. Get after it, folks. <laughs>